This is the National Medicine Symposium from the Canberra National Convention Centre. One of our, our key streams for the National Medicine Symposium for 2018 has been with antimicrobial resistance, the AMR stream, over a couple of days. It's very important. The Chair of New Approaches to Addressing AMR for uh, the second day of the symposium uh, with Dr. Sue Phillips, the Chief Executive Officer, Therapeutic Guidelines Limited. Interesting symposium. Yes, very much. Um, it's, uh, it's fabulous that we've been able to focus on antimicrobial resistance over two days. And um, so we had a session yesterday with the really big picture. Um, what are the national strategies, state, hospital, and primary care general practice and where's the research and today we also looked at what are all the new things in the pipeline you know what every what is everybody doing at the coalface you know to improve care and so that's what we focus on today so you've looked at clinical innovation yeah we have we have so we had a presentation from the university of queensland focusing on um, antibiotics that we might have overlooked in the past for example so looking at some of the old antibiotics that were rejected is there a possibility of dusting them off and resurrecting them and putting them through tests especially now that we've got a lot more research information on how we might modify them and make them more suitable Um, and uh, we also had uh, some really clever um, research presented to us on antibiotics that have we've been concerned about the side effects and they've been able to be modified to minimize the side effects so that they only work on bacteria and they don't work on humans and that's been one of our big concerns you know when we have horrible side effects and we're very very reluctant to use those antibiotics um, so uh, that's one avenue and it's you know it's really uh, an incredibly productive research agenda and there's a lot of potential um, to give us some new antibiotics. Um, the other presenter, um, Jason Trubiano, he focused on uh, penicillin sensitivity. There are a lot of people who come into care and they will say straight away, I'm allergic to penicillin. And that's a real problem because for some conditions, the best treatment is a penicillin-based antibiotic. And what we found through the research that was presented today is a lot of people think they're allergic and state that they're allergic. Uh, But in actual fact, when they're tested properly, about 90% of them are not actually allergic. And some of the side effects they've had, they are just the side effects of antibiotics. So they get diarrhea, you know, and and they get just a temporary rash and things like that. So they think that they're allergic. And so it's a really clever piece of research that's saying, hang on a minute, you know, let's have a proper look at people who say that they are allergic to penicillin and we can do in a safe environment we can test that and we can establish whether or not they're allergic and if they're not we can give them the best treatment straight away. So much information is shared in a forum like this so what happens to it? Ah yeah okay so the most important thing uh, was a lot of different components that we use in health to share information so I work for therapeutic guidelines so what we do is we're very focused and we focused on one issue only, which is to gather information about the best available research on treatment for 
multiple conditions. So um, the antibiotic guidelines that we produce, that's just one part of our collection. We also look at, you know, gastrointestinal guidelines, cardiovascular, and we produce the whole spectrum of medical care. We, we produce the best available information. So, and that's, but that really is just a starting point. So despite the fact that I employ 24 people and we work 24-7 on this issue, you know, and we can barely keep up with the volume of information that's being published, um, that is only step one. So once you've got a guideline, what does the guideline say? It tells you what best practice is. But people might not know that it exists. They might not be familiar with the content. They might not realise that you know, drug recommendations change, you know, because organisms become resistant. So the next step is to actually help people implement that information. And there's a whole science behind implementation. So a lot of it is about understanding the barriers and enablers. So, you know, if, a, if you were to say to a surgeon, you haven't used the right antibiotic, you know, for this surgery. Um, uh, but when you, when you look at barriers and enablers, then, you know, you find out that it's a very hierarchical system, um, and then you've got the tension between the surgeon um, and the anaesthetist, and this was presented in our session today. Who, who's the boss? You know, who, who, who is the boss there? Well, so, so what we found out today was depends. So if you're the most senior person in the room and you're a surgeon, then it would seem inevitably you are the boss. Um, His egos come into this well, as well. that's right. Yeah, that's right. If you're a junior doctor, you can imagine it would be hard, you know, to challenge. Um, and so, um, and, and there's all sorts of issues happening. I mean, it's not just about hierarchy. There's also the fact that, you know, as a surgeon, you're worried about your patient getting an infection. That's your prime concern, apart from obviously having fantastic surgery. And so it, there is a tempt- temptation to give antibiotics and to give them for as long as possible because we, we, the, in the old days, the paradigm was the longer the better, <laughs> whereas we've changed that now. And, and that's a new message, and that's much harder, you know, because you're, you would be risk-averse. You don't want your patient to have a great operation and then to, and then to suffer from a post-operative infection. So there are a lot. As soon as you look at barriers and enablers, you discover all this information. But what you need to do then, once you have that information, is you need to look at, well, what is the best way for me to overcome, you know, this barrier? So is it that I need to educate people or is it that I need to change the system of care? So is it the case that we should have better protocols about, you know, when do you receive your antibiotic, who receives it, who receives it, for what procedure, for what time, etc. And if the information is in a guideline, perhaps it should be on a poster in the surgery, you know, and things like that. So that's what implementation is all about. When you look at a symposium like this, and there's so much, so much great information, what concrete comes out of it? Well, for conference, it really is often a gathering of people who are in the field, I guess, usually, and they are they are telling each other what they've just learned. So we all get very excited. We want to hear all the latest and greatest. But it's not enough, of course. We're talking to each other. Um, we need to... You know, I mean, we, we're very aware of the fact that, for example, you know, if we want things to move on a grand scale, we should be talking to the federal government. You know, so we did have people in the audience yesterday from the health department, and they are—they do have a strategy on antimicrobial resistance, and they are using research evidence, you know, to improve practice. So we heard about that yesterday. They've got a website de- dedicated to it, and they're funding some pilot studies in general practice. 
So you want that people at the very high level of leadership, you know, to be behind you and to be putting money into it. You also want the agencies that specialise in improving care, you know, to also embrace this information that you would hear at a, a conference like today. So NPS Medicine Wise, that is what they have been funded to do. Their, their job. So our job is to write the guidelines. A, a group like NPS Medicine Wise. They specialise in making sure the information is taken up, taking it to GPs, sitting down with them, doing educational visiting, which is a sort of one-on-one conversation and giving key messages about best practice care. So, yeah, so we use this conference to hear all this information. Sometimes we want to hear new things, you know, so that we can kind of think, yeah, great, I must incorporate that in my sphere of influence. Um, But we also hope that... There's a momentum that gathers, you know, and that we actually talk about how can we improve, you know, across the whole system. So we would be talking about, you know, we do need leadership. We need education programs. We need to have interventions, not just in hospitals, because we've got a good system in hospitals, but also in general practice. Um, And then we also want to collect data on how we're traveling. Have we made a difference? It's a big wheel, (laughs) I guess, because it is so big and such a a complex um, um, issue. Um, it turns slowly. It does. And so, and all those things help, and things like this, of course, help. Yeah, but not to be demoralised. Um, in hospitals, um, we've had systems called antimicrobial stewardship systems that um, enable us to apply all this information in a hospital context. And we have teams of people who work on that, what we call our AMS teams. And they're applying all that information and they've been working on this for many, many years. So we heard yesterday from the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare that it is making a difference. So we are reducing the level of antibiotic uses in hospitals. So finally, you know, it's a great moment for people like us, you know. I mean, we've focused on tell people what to do and then other agencies are focused on making sure people actually do what we say they should do (laughs) and here we have data finally that says we're starting to make a difference you know and so there is hope and I think we just now need to move that right over into what we call primary care which is general practice services so we want the general public to know that you know um it is, it, we shouldn't be expecting antibiotics when we get sick for, you know, a number of conditions will resolve themselves and uh, that we should have this information available. People should realise if you've got a sore throat, most likely it's a virus, most likely you don't need an antibiotic. You can stay home, you're tired, you know, you're not well, obviously, all those things. All the things that you would normally do when you're not well, but you don't need to actually, you know, ask for antibiotics. Just ask for some chicken soup. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember? That was the old remedy, chicken soup, you know, and lots of fluids and lots of tissues and a few days in bed, maybe. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know that you've enjoyed uh, your part of this uh, symposium and I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to you who wasn't able to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I hope so. Thank you. It's been great to be involved in your program.